The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hail Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back into it at Tail Varsity Radio, presented by Currency. Some college football thoughts as we gear up for the national title game. Gary Barnett with us, Hall of Fame coach. Coach, happy 2023. How you doing? Doing well, Chris. I, I managed to avoid all the travel issues and the cold weather and uh, just sort of hang out down here in Arizona and uh, watch maybe the best bowl season I've ever seen. It, it really was sensational. I mean, it seemed like from the very first game to the last game, it was just Unbelievable. I mean, you finish off, you know, not necessarily with Penn State, Utah, but you finish off with SC and Tulane the way you did. Oh, my gosh. Just great football. It was. And I, I look at Kansas's comeback for overtime during this bowl season and how that happened. I look at Texas Tech's finish. You're right about uh, USC Tulane. Some of us did, did not get down to Arizona to see you. Even the, the semis, Coach, with TCU's ability to hang on and Michigan's late charge, and then how about Ohio State getting outscored like they did in the fourth quarter by Georgia? Just high-level ball. When you look at these situations as a coach, do you console your guys if you don't hold a lead, or do you uh, look at it and say, man, what what a comeback we had. We can take that with uh, us the rest of our lives. I mean, there's two sides of that coin. Yeah, you probably do a little bit of both. I mean, you when you get to that level, you, uh, at that you know, in a playoff game like that, and you play your hearts out. You know it's not going to be a perfect game. You know that you, there's going to be breaks that are going to be go go your way, and breaks that are going to go the other way. And that's why the game is as great as it is, is because you just never know. And you get to that level, and I think those are two of the best two uh, playoff games we've seen in a long time. But but my gosh, if if you can't get excited about college football watching those two games, then you you need to check your pulse. But they were great. I mean, Ohio State, I felt for that kicker, mm. you know, and Ryan Day. And, you know, you, you but you also, Georgia stops them right where they had to stop them. And, you know, Georgia's defense finally came to play in the fourth quarter. But, man, it took them a while to get caught up. And it just you're you're playing with young people and you know both sides are well coached and both of them are trained and both of them know what's going on and then you got to go play it and uh you know a lot of it depends on breaks but and you realize how fragile that is when you're coaching all the time you know anybody can do anything anytime and you train your kids that way and you you know i mean you talk about that all the time you you know it's not all their fault some of it's the other guys <laughs> was playing better than you were that time or that play. So that's the way it goes. Gary Barnett with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, as we look at needing 40 to 45 points in these bowl games to win it, what do you say to your defensive coordinators out there? <laughs> Just 
do the best you can, dudes. You know, <laughs> understand that any stop, any stop's a good stop. And so uh, forcing a field goal uh, becomes really important. And, you know, we didn't have a great year of scoring, I didn't think, throughout the year. I had to see the stats, but but uh, I thought we had, a, at least at the NFL level, we had a lot more defense being played than offense. And mm-hmm. colleges, maybe not so much, but uh, you get to those two games and you you got high-powered offenses operating. And, um, you know, your defense may be good, but, but the other side of the ball might be even better. So it, this is what you get. But you do, you just every stop becomes critical. And, and that's why you fight for every yard, you fight for every measurement. And, um, you know, it's, it's, that's the drama of the whole doggone thing. Coach, want to get your thoughts on, on Max Duggan. Uh, had a chance to see him in high school just a, across the river in Council Bluffs from Omaha. And uh, he has persevered. He's a coach's kid. There's so much pride in him, not only in the Bluffs region, but also in Omaha. What, what is... What is his task Monday night against this Georgia defense? What What is the, the recipe TCU and Coach Sonny need to follow? They don't need to change much. They just need to do what they've done all year. They've in their DNA now to get as far behind as they'll let you, and they can come <laughs> back, and they know that. you know. And they played that. When you do that seven times during the year, it's, it becomes who you are. And so that's, that's a great confidence factor, that that you don't uh, get to the third quarter and, and be and you're losing and you, and you can't find your way out of it. This, this team goes right down to the last play of the game and they know it. And, and that's really valuable that your kids understand that your players understand that this will go or can go to the last play of the game. You must fight 70 plays, both sides of the ball. And uh, Georgia had a surprise. They, you know, Georgia had to come back. They've only come back one other time during the year, and that was against Missouri. And uh, you know, they they got a little taste of that. So you could find two teams in this in this uh, uh, championship game that both are going to play right down to the last play of the game. You think it's going to be a close ball game, or do you think Georgia's got too much? Well, I mean. Twelve and a half points is a lot of points uh, for a championship game. I mean, it's it's pretty much a, it is a lack of respect for TCU and for the Big Twelve, I think. But uh, um, TCU just beat maybe the best team in the country. So uh, before that game, have been a everybody would have figured it might be it's going to be Michigan or Georgia that Michigan was playing at the highest level. Well, guess what? TCU played at a higher level than that. Georgia didn't. So, you know, is Georgia going to come out and play like they did last week? Are they going to come out and play like they have most of the year? Well, if TCU plays like they have most of the year, they're going to win the game because that's who they are. So, I don't know. I, I, I would take the points and mm-hmm. watch the game and, and see what happens. But uh, I, I think it you never know. You hope these are great games for the sake of the sport. Mm-hmm. But sometimes they are, sometimes they're not. And it comes down to injuries, you know. Um, I mean, Ohio State, that game came down to Harrison getting hurt. Yeah. If he doesn't get hurt, Ohio State probably wins that game. But he got hurt. And those things you can't – there's no way you can plan around those. Did Did Michigan try and get too cute on offense? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I, 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 you know, you, you do things for a reason, and the reasons are, are good, solid, and um, – 
and if you decide to go that way with, with a little more razzle dazzle than you normally have, then you know you either live with it or die with it. But it's a, 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 you make it. You don't sit there and go, let's make some really stupid decisions in this game. No, that's not intentional. <laughs> who, get, who gets to do the first one? Uh, well, I will, Coach. Yeah. So, uh, no, it's uh, – I don't know if they got too cute, but, uh, you know, they were playing a good football team. I think they were surprised to see TCU as good as they were. That's where I want to go. TCU, are they just built a little different than a lot of the Big 12? They seem – uh, really blue collar, but they're—I think they're super physical. I mean, they—they they tackle well, and then they've got explosiveness as well. Well, you, you got to understand that team is built by Gary Patterson, and Gary Patterson is one tough-minded, hard-nosed dude. And uh, Sonny just brought an offense to him, and uh, a couple players through the portal uh, to fill in the holes that TCU had before when they let Gary Patterson go. So this is a combination of, of Sonny's organization and Sonny's offense and the TCU uh, tough-mindedness that Gary Patterson created. Coach, let's talk Jim Harbaugh. And do you think he's fishing, or do you think he really wants to head off to the NFL? I think he wants to head off to the NFL. Um, I, I was good friends with Rich Rodriguez back when he was – at West Virginia, and he went and almost took the job at Alabama and then came back. They built him a new weight room, and then he almost took the job somewhere else and came back because they built him a new academic center. And then he was toying with Michigan, and he came back, and they said, nah, go to Michigan. We've had enough of this. Mm-hmm. And so you got to be careful what you wish for. But I think any college coach in his right mind is going to look at the NFL right now because – let me, you, it's so hard to do what they have to do in college right now. The roster manage, you have to have such a staff. You, the NIL out of control. Um, you know, it's it's crazy, and you can't just be a ball coach. And Jim's a ball coach. He doesn't like all this other stuff, and most of us don't. And he's that age group that he's he's closer to my age than yours probably, and so he needs to. And I don't blame him at all for going and looking. And if 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 he, Michigan gets mad, so be it. But Jim Harbaugh's got his life to live, and and you know it looks more fun to me right now in the NFL than it does in college. Gary Barnett, couple minutes with us, Hale Varsity Radio, Coach Nebraska able to go to the portal and get Sims from Georgia Tech. Uh, Casey Thompson going to be back. Uh, what what does that do for the quarterback room having both of those options? in your opinion, for, for a year one with Coach Rule? Well, you you, you saw this year how uh, important it was to have two quarterbacks. And so you you have to, in this day and age, you have to have two quarterbacks. And um, it just gives them needed depth. And you just hope Sims is good enough to push Thompson a little bit, but at least come in and, and perform at a high level if, if injuries occur again. So you, you've got to have depth at the quarterback spot. There's just a couple places where you – absolutely have to have depth and that is place number one i'd say what do you think coach rules walking into and we we spent some time on it this week where your starting point uh, of a program year one for you and nebraska's been like some other programs that it's just had way too much turnover but there's been some talent uh, in the cupboard so to speak and uh 
your job's to maximize that talent, recruit it. I mean, so far, so good with what he did in the recruiting world. Uh, now you get here. But um, I, I guess the question is, is how far down or uh, how far to go to stabilize Nebraska with, with rules, history, and, and also what he's coming into? Well, I, I think, uh, first of all, you need to just – uh, turn your resources back on, turn them up a little bit higher because you've got resources in Nebraska. And and then, you know, do what you do. I mean, Matt Matt got there by building two programs up, taking one over at Baylor that was in shambles and then turning Temple around. Uh, he came in after Al Golan, and Al did a good job because that was a total rebuild. And between the two of them, they created, you know, uh, something that hadn't been done. And so I think Matt just needs to do what he does, and I think that uh, he needs to turn the burners on and the resources that Nebraska has. Nebraska wasn't that far away. Uh, When you look at the number of games, especially over the last two years that they've lost, they're not that far away. They just haven't been over to get get over, haven't been able to get over the hump. And now that's Matt's job is to get him over that hump. But he's got resources, he's got tradition, he's got all that on the side. He's got fan base, and so you just go. This isn't a rebuild, you know, at all. And and I think he knows that when he went there, or he knew that. So um, I think he does what he does, and he lets the Nebraska resources get turned up a little bit, and he'll be just fine. Coach, want to end it with uh, with Hamlin and uh, and Buffalo, and and just tap into you with just a difficult situation and how you were able to lead during it. And I look at Coach McDermott and Coach Zach Taylor. Uh, obviously, the first responders phenomenal, uh, and just the outpouring incredible. But uh, coaches had to, to to be leaders in that moment, and and they were. And, and how do you, or can you, prepare yourself for something uh, that is emotionally and, and, and draining and very scary? Well, you can't prepare yourself for it, but what you can do is seize the moment and realize that you are, you, you know, you lead day in and day out in various other areas, and, and you're an example. But this, this particular situation, it's so high-profile, and so many people are watching. This is your greatest chance to lead. And I think yeah, if you seize that moment, you realize that, and you take controls and you do what what needs to be done. And whatever that is you feel it needs to be, you do it. And um, you know it's it is hard. I've I've had three of those, and it's uh, two one survived, two didn't. And um, it's you know it's just it's just overwhelming. But you gather yourself. You you make yourself the best you've ever been, mm-hmm. and then do what you can and do what instinctually you know you should do, and 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 that's all you can do. Coach, you said you've had instances you've lost a couple players, correct? Was it due to injury, yes. or is it, was it was it injury related, or was it off field? It was uh, all three of them were well. Two of them were off the field. One mm-hmm. was on the field. So you did, you did yeah, lose so, you did lose a player on the field. Well, we he's the one that survived. Eddie Reinhardt okay. at Oregon survived in 1984, and and our team did not want to play for. I mean, they didn't want to practice for for three weeks. I mean, we were a mess. But um, you know, guys didn't want to play anymore, and 
So you, you have to, you know, you're the guy in charge. You're the guy that you're their father at that point in time. And you've got to do what you, you need to do. The other two was Sal and Essie, of course, died of mm-hmm. stomach cancer. And then I, my first college week of college coaching, I had a player at Fort Lewis um, uh, fall off a cliff on a Sunday. They had the day off, fall off a cliff, diving into the pools up in Durango. And, mm. and um, he didn't make it. And, I, you know, that was uh, – I mean, we couldn't even find him for a while. So, yeah, that's that's tough stuff. And you you can't say, well, I've done this once, I can do it again. Uh-uh. It's a different situation every time. Coach, thanks for your perspective uh, with this situation. And we'll uh, we'll catch up again soon and be a little more cheery. But thank you so much, Coach. Good to spend okay, time Chris. with you. Yeah, good to be with you, man.